Once again, podcast number... Six. Is it six? Yeah. Blimey, you feel like a lot more. Is that saying you don't like spending time with me? Uh, no, no, not at all. Or is it? No, it's mm. hot. No. It's very hot today, it's very hot, it's 30 degrees. And, and we uh, can't have the fan on because unfortunately people need to hear the podcast. Okay, I suppose so. Is it noisy? <laughs> Well, I have a feeling it might be, and I don't fancy re, well, re-recording it if the fan is going to be an issue. Okay, well, let's leave it off then. Yeah, let's um just and let's sweat. Let's, let's stop this um, professional slick smooth introduction, shall we? And get on. With yeah, no, I think that's our problem. Too professional. Yeah, too <laughs> professional. That's it. Uh, right. Okay. Reminder. Um, you got. A deep dive into Parasite this week. Yeah. Six um, trivia questions um, with the answers at the end. So if you want to know the answers, you've got to wait until the end. So about 30 minutes from there. Um, and we'll have a look at uh, what was on this week and what's coming up next week on TV and film. Uh, but for now, I think we'll, we'll kick off as usual with my first two quiz questions, and Jenny, you have no idea what these are, right? These no, questions. I never see them in advance. Right, so you're, under, you're under pressure now. So this is a tough one, mm. okay? Question one. It's a serious question, this one, so serious face-on, game face-on. Yep. What was the name of Shrek's wife? Oh. Don't answer it. No. It's a question for people, to the listeners, <laughs> okay? Ooh, question two, in a similar vein, What's the name of Sherlock's brother in Sherlock? Okay, there are your first two questions. Um, answers at the end. So, um, right, okay. Okay then, Jenny, what have you been watching this week? This week? As yes, well this week. <laughs> as well as Life on Mars, which I'm still watching. I know, it's been a while. Um, You're making that last, aren't you? I really am. They are long episodes, it's BBC, so they are nearly an hour. And you do have to concentrate. It's not something I can watch just while I'm getting ready, because you lose the whole story. No, multitasking and all that. Nah, can't do that at the best of times. So, we watched the finale of the current season of Killing Eve. Um, which, overall, I actually really, really liked. Um we've said before about Killing Eve, the first series, we were desperate to watch it. And the fact that the finale's been out so long and we've made it last, kind of implies we weren't as into it this time round. But what I thought was good about the finale really was I just liked the fact that it tied up loose ends. So it really bothers me that they're thinking of doing a season four. I now think that's completely unnecessary. They could just leave it there and it would be done and I'd be kind of satisfied with where every character ended up. But I still love it. It's still so dark um, and funny in all these unsuspecting places, which is the sort of thing we like. I mean, you do you kind of feel the same about Killing Eve in terms of that finale? Um, I don't know, I haven't thought that much about it, to be fair. I enjoyed it, it was all right, it was, it was decent, it wasn't as good as the previous two seasons. Um, but it took too long to get them to on, on screen together, uh, in my opinion. But um, Yeah, I think that's a fair And point. there was a lot of wanton violence in it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 enjoyable. It's fine. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to another season because it would be, yeah, 
something enjoyable. Yeah, it's watch. it's still quality TV, I suppose. Um, but I'll be interested to see what they do season four. So. What else you watched? Other than that, this week, we finished The Matrix. I mentioned it last week, but we hadn't quite finished the third film. I'm still lost. I think it was the best film out of the trilogy, and I said it at the time, and you said, no, you think the first one's the best film. And I thought I'd feel like that, but actually I found the third film. There was something about it I just liked. Um, am I desperate to see the fourth one? No. Do I care that it's coming out in 2022? Not really. Will I watch it just to round it off? Yeah, probably. Well, I'm very interested to see what they do with it. They've waited how long? Is it 19 years? By the, time it, yeah. it, by the time it comes out, yeah. And Keanu Reeves is back in it. There's some characters returning and you just think, wow, how different that's going to be. So, yeah, um, for me, that's pretty much what I've watched. What about you? I'm just continuing Shit's Creek. You just love saying it. Yeah, Shit's Creek, I don't think I'll ever... You'll be watching it for the next ten years, yeah, just to keep saying it. Um, what am I doing this for the next ten years? Crikey. I mean, I, I, really, I haven't really thought that far, but... If we're still here in ten years, either it's gone horribly, horribly wrong. Have you got that pot of pills? Or a knife? No. What? Well, Nothing. Anyway. Anyway. And white collar. I'm oh yes. White collar. But no, that's it with me, really. Um, right. Okay. Uh, two more questions. Question three and four. Question three. But don't shout out the answer, Jim. <laughs> okay. Which film is the line I see dead people from? Which she's nodding. She's like, that's a it's an easy question. Don't insult my intelligence as if to say. <laughs> so which film is the line I see dead people from? So if you don't know the answer to that, Jenny has insulted your intelligence. Um, but the answer is at the end. Question four. Where was Inspector Morse set? Where was Inspector Morse set? Well, she's pulling a face at that one, or a pow, I'm not sure which. Right, okay, the answers for those two at the end. Okay, so for this week's deep dive, we're um, getting more modern, up, more up to date. Yeah. We're catching up with ourselves. <laughs> and you decided that we would do a deep dive into Parasite. Yep. I thought it was time. The 2019 Oscar for Best Picture. Win. Yeah, yes. First uh, international film right, okay. to win Best Picture. So why, why Parasite? Partly because it won Best Picture. So I was intrigued as to why it won Best Picture, what made it stand out. Um, so you hadn't seen it before? No. So actually the real reason is because it was an excuse to watch it. I mean, yeah. It forced you to watch it. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I saw the trailer for it in cinemas, I remember saying, I think I, I was with you and I think, I think I remember saying, like, oh, that looks really good. Just because I do really like foreign language films and particularly I like um, the kind of Japanese, Korean films because it's, it's classified as a bit, a bit of a horror and I think they do horror really, really well. Um, on that side of the world, they just see there's just some really good films that have come out of there. So I was quite interested to see it anyway. But then it won Best Picture, and so I was really careful to avoid reading anything about it. So I I really went into it with very minimal knowledge, and actually the storyline completely surprised me because it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I wouldn't classify it as horror, would you? No, um, I mean it's I I barely classify it as a thriller. It's there are certain points where. 
yes, your heart's like might start racing, but I, I was never on the edge of my seat with it, which was more what I expected. Um, it is kind of classified as like a comedy thriller. There's definitely the funny moments in there. And I think I see it maybe even more as a comedy than a thriller. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into the storyline. Okay, well, what might I do? Okay, then. Um, so the film focuses on a family in... It's all in South Korea, and it focuses on the family who are very poor. They live in what's called like a semi-basement. It's You can see the streets from the windows, and it's all very, very cramped. Um, and they don't live luxurious lives at all. They're very much living on top of each other. You've got parents and you've got um, a teenage boy and a teenage girl. Never really quite sure how old they actually are. Um, but the family together, they come up with a plan after the boy of the family, his friend invites him to replace him as an English tutor for a rich family, the Park family, who live in a beautiful house um, set out um, away from everyone else um, and once the son infiltrates the family and you know becomes a tutor with the best meaning in the world just earning some extra money because the family are so poor he realizes that actually he can use the rich family's kind of vulnerability in the fact that they need help from people of the lower classes to bring in his entire family as help and basically kind of almost live live the life that they want to live through the Park family while earning a lot of money and putting all the money together so that they can improve their own lives. That's their plan anyway. Yeah, there's not a malice behind their intention. There's, no. There's a little bit of um, um, what's called, um, forgery and um, kind of massaging the truth to get their jobs, but they all do their jobs. Yeah. They? The mother does the housekeeping, the dad does the driving, the yeah. daughter does tutoring, and, and so does the son. Yeah. So they're, they're prepared to work. Yeah, just it's true. haven't had the opportunity. No, and they and they do go about getting rid of the um, the existing staff so that they can secure these jobs. But they're, they're just sick of being poor. At the beginning of the film, they're shown to be... Um, they have a job of folding pizza boxes and they get complaints from the from one of the people at the company that, that it's not done properly and it's such a tedious job. They're just tired of doing these jobs and getting barely any money for it. No escape cycle. Yeah, exactly. They're completely stuck. So they see the park house, they see the family and once they are in, they realise the kind of life that they could be living and that, that plan is just to get as much money as they can out of the family because I think the friend who is um, who has gone to university and given the son kind of his place, um, he's looking to return. So they've got a time period where they think, right, we can actually use this family, get our money and go. But it, it doesn't quite turn out like that. No, it doesn't. No. Um, do you, well, I know nothing about um, the director or any of the cast at all. Um, yeah, there's not a lot for me to tell you. So they are all South Korean actors, so where you would know them from is other South Korean films. Um, the director, Bong Joon-ho, he directed a film previously in 2013 called Snowpiercer, which apparently did quite well. Um, it has crossed over. Um, it has crossed over to this side of the world. Um, and the 
father of the family, um, Song Kang Ho, he played a role in Snowpiercer as well. So he's um, he's pretty well known in South Korea. The rest of them have had fairly minor roles. So this film is their big breakthrough. Um, so is there anything else you really want to know about the director at this point? Well, why do you think Hollywood picked it up then? I'm sure there's been plenty of other um, Korean, South Korean films for that. Why this one? Why is this one gained traction in Hollywood? I really don't know. I think because the premise of the film we see in other countries it's the fact that the park family they don't associate with anyone from the lower classes they have their life they have money but they require help and that comes from these lower classes and maybe that's something that we as even a western audience can reflect on that real class divide like people who you know make minimum minimal wage don't often get to go to these big houses and experience that sort of lifestyle but other than that, I really don't know why it was picked up and why it's done so well. A minority of people, tiny percentage of people, are wealthy enough to afford these places, whereas the rest of us, the vast majority, um, scrabbling by uh, week to week, month to month. Yep. And so maybe it's a story that is um, familiar globally, and that was the interesting. I mean, it is. It is funny in places, it is dark in other places, it's shocking in other places. It is a bloody good story. Yeah. Uh, at the heart of it, very well told, very well shot as well. Yeah, there's an element of truth in the story as well. And um, The director said that when he was in his 20s, he actually worked as a tutor for a wealthy family. And it got him thinking about, well, he would never have been into a house like that or met those people if it wasn't for the service that he was offering. Um, and that's partly where the title of the film comes from. He had to fight um, to get the film named Parasite because initially people think Parasite is to do with the lower classes being a parasite, the way that they infiltrate um, the rich house, the way they're creeping around and their secrecy. And the marketing team immediately thought, oh, you can't have that as a slur towards the lower classes, that's not fair. But he said equally, you can look at the rich as being a parasite as well, because they're parasites in terms of labor. The, when the, um, they force out the original housekeeper, and while, they're, while the family are waiting for a new one, the, the mother of the household is shown, you know, she can't even cook properly, she can't unload a dishwasher, she can't keep on top of these everyday chores. And so he's saying, you know, actually maybe everyone is a parasite in their own way. I think that's quite interesting. It's capitalist society. It's the, yeah. the, the rich, the, the, traditionally the, the, the factory owners who were living in their big old houses, um, condescending, looking down, highly dismissive of the lower classes, despite the fact that they were wholly dependent upon the lower classes for uh, the means of their wealth in the first place. The workers... Yeah. So yeah. So who is the the parasitic family? Yeah. Isn't the obvious one necessarily. No, and the park the park family who who are the rich family. It's quite interesting the way their characters are portrayed because I'm I was never really sure whether to like the family or not. They are not a family you're meant to dislike entirely, um, and you're not meant to root for the, for 
um, the Kim family to get rid of them in any way. But there are certain questionable elements. Um, like I think it's towards the end of the film, um, the mother throws an impromptu birthday party for her son, and so she wants to invite the teenage daughter who's been tutoring, uh, who's been tutoring him in kind of art and art therapy. Um, fraudulently this whole time and she even says to her like oh you know think of it as one of your working days I'll just I'll just pay you like I'll just pay you to come I'll pay you to be there at my son's birthday party and it's that kind of carelessness of just throwing that money around not really thinking about it thinking that this girl will do it because she obviously needs the money so why not yeah I don't know find the money I might do the same thing rather than expect someone to turn up free offer them, <laughs> them the money buy, buy your friendships and relationships yeah um, I thought of something else I was going to say there oh yeah that was it um, about liking the Park family yeah um, well, one interesting thing I've noticed um, that I didn't like about them but I thought was quite amusing and quite an interesting observation from the director was when they they kept referencing or referring to the smell of Mr. Kim, the driver, yeah, the well, father the, of the, the poor the, household. Yeah, well, not not just him, but they, because the little boy said they all smell oh, the same. Yeah. And I thought, was that, was that the smell of poverty? Oh yeah, I never thought of that. And that's that's I was just that was an interesting um, kind of um, factor. And it, it grew as the film progressed, and Mr. Kim and the Mr. Park, so Mr. Kim the driver and Mr. Park the rich executive, um, they get on quite well, but there is a tension between them, and I think that manifests itself when Mr. Kim overhears Mr. Park talk about his smell, and I think that plants a seed blossoms into um, well quite an interesting explosion of colour yeah it's the realisation that you can work for a family like that and you could be the most reliable person and they can rely on you for everything but you will never quite be a part of that family well, how quickly did they get rid of the old housekeeper because they thought she had TV oh yeah that's true and, and she'd been there in, she, she, she long came with the house yeah so so they relied on her for everything, cook everything, and they learned that she was ill, and they didn't offer to help her. No, just they kicked got, her out. They got rid of her. That same evening, yeah. So that's quite callous. Yeah. Uh, but karma, I'll leave that there. <laughs> yeah. It is quite it is quite amusing the way that the family, the Kim family, the poor family, infiltrates. Um, the the house of the Park family, like they they find out everything they need to know to get rid of um, the other it's staff. Often, often, it's quite um, mischievous. Yeah, um, but it's also quite clever. Yeah. So, for example, to get rid, yeah, to get rid of the driver, um, the girl, um, the teenage girl, um, Ki Jung, she 
actually removes her underwear in the car when she's being driven home by the driver. She's an older teenager. Yeah, I don't know how old she is. I keep referring to her as a teenager, but she's probably older. Should we say early 20s? She couldn't get into art college. Oh, and she drinks, actually. So she's probably in her early 20s. So again, these 20-year-olds who are living at home they have aspirations to go to university and things like that, and but it clever. hasn't happened. Yeah, they're bright. But it's, it's not. That's the whole, well, that's the real commentary of the film. It's how um, it's almost impossible to escape poverty. And I think that's the big appeal that you know, audiences around the world will recognise that. Yeah. Um, and they are bright, they are clever, but they haven't got the opportunities afforded to others because they're poor. They have to earn money. Um, you know, I remember... Uh, once upon a time when I used to teach uh, first in a poor part of London and a first parents evening and a, a mother of a 15 year old girl came in and started shouting and screaming at me straight away saying how dare I fill her daughter's head with ideas of college and university as soon as she leaves here she's getting a job and helping me bring up her two sisters and that was a real shock to me and I thought, well, that poor kid at 15 has her life mapped out for her. She, she's got no opportunity. And I don't blame the mother. That's the mother's um, trapped as much as the daughter's going to be trapped. And the cycle repeats. Yeah. So, and I think that's... So the girl here, she's a talented artist. The boy here is very clever, very wise. Um, so to the extent that his friend got him to do the English tutoring for the rich family, didn't get one of his university mates, he got this guy because he knew he was clever, brighter than any of his mates. Yeah. I've lost track of what I was talking about. I'm sure it was. It's probably about the story. Oh, it was how they got rid of everyone. So the girl takes the opportunity to remove her underwear in the car, hides it under the seat so that they think that the family think that you know the driver's been well the dad, in a, the dad will find it because he sits in the back seat yeah thinking that the driver will be fired for being inappropriate which of course he then is and casually in conversation um the girl brings up oh if you're looking for a driver my family used to have a great driver um and she you know they gradually bring all of the family members in um, and that's that's the fun of it. It's quite fun watching the family infiltrate, but there is a darker side to the film, which is revealed a bit later on. Yeah, and I haven't seen. I've not seen another film like it. No. Uh, you know, so it's quite you know original in terms of films that I've seen, and I've not seen all, all it's, of them. Yeah, so. it's it's not a film that relies a lot on um, a lot of location changes. It focuses on the houses, the park house itself. Um, the house is constructed in such a way that. The director said each family has their own space and they think they know the house it's quite open plan and, and light but there's so much secrecy in that house as well and that reflects you know the way the families are living and that you you know they're not always open and honest with each other just because the family the park family have a lot of money they're not necessarily this complete happy family that they might be considering that they have all this money like the daughter's quite withdrawn um, and doesn't really communicate so with her parents. The emotionally unstable. Yeah, they, the, um, the university friend, Min, who gives the son the job, refers to her as a bit simple, like she's naive. And she is. She's, she's got this great life with all this money. Her husband works for a tech company. That's how he makes his money. And she's at home looking after the kids, but she doesn't 
actually do much because she's got help. They do everything for her. She just lives her life. So the idea of throwing an impromptu birthday party is something that's really pleasing to her because she can organise the events with minimal effort on her part. Um, I don't know how, how far we want to go into the story because there is a dark twist to it. it. I'd leave it. It's, it is good though. It's, I do really it's like it. Fair amount of people who have still not watched it. Yeah, since it is Would so recent. Them? Yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, I think it's well worth well worth a watch because it is so different to everything that I've personally seen before and it's it is such a good commentary on life not just in South Korea but in in general what would you give it out of five um you, you, why are you always surprised every week no 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 I was I was gonna look at my notes and talk about things but oh, wait, you're things to say. just just some quick little trivia things no, I thought would be it. interesting um I'll just be Lovely. Um, I like the idea that the director said he was influenced by um, a domestic gothic film from the 60s called The Housemaid, which again focuses on class and middle class family and how they feel threatened by the arrival of a disruptive interloper in the form of household help. That idea of like, you know, feeling quite vulnerable in your own home. Um, and I like that because the Park family never feel vulnerable. Um, they they trust these people. They let them into their lives. They talk quite openly about you know about their lives. The mum actually confides quite a lot in her new housekeeper and kind of reveals her struggles and her worries that she has. But also, it's partly based on a real life case which I've actually read about recently. Um, and I didn't think of it at the time, but there were two live-in maids in France who actually murdered their employers in a rich house so they could take over their life. That was their plan. That kind of desire, it does a little bit, doesn't it? And that kind of desire, that greed, um, which I thought was quite interesting. The last little bit that I want to say, just because I found it interesting, if you're a Hitchcock fan, there are references to Hitchcock throughout. The motif of stairs is used quite often. Um, people are often like caught on the stairs, or the stairs are used to move between different scenes in the house, obviously. Do stairs go up or down? Both. <laughs> have to answer um, also voyeurism so watching through windows the glass fronted house means that often people are looking in or looking out quite a lot um, and apparently even though I didn't notice there's a random Hitchcock collection in the park home which does seem very out of place but it was put there for a reason uh, last thing I want to say is that at the end of the film there is um, a song in the credits um, called A Glass of Soju, which has actually been released um, as part of a soundtrack and people really, really like it. But the original name of the song was called 564 Years. What do you think that might reference? The length of time it takes to walk around the world. <laughs> it's a good guess. four miles an hour. Wow, precise. That's but no. the average walking pace, isn't it? Okay. Good, but, but no. It's actually how long it would take for the son of the family... Um, who, who becomes the tutor for the Park family, it's how long it would take him to earn enough money to buy that house. How many years? 564. I don't think it's gonna happen. No, because he comments on, you know, wow, having a house like that, or one day I'm gonna buy that house, and it's that reality that he'll, he will never be able to do that. Because he's stuck. But you can't escape property. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's it. Are that's it for that? me. Yeah, sorry, I just have a little bit of trivia. Are you satisfied now? I can give it a mark out of five now. Okay. I would give it four out of five. That's the lowest you've given so far. It is. So you think? Uh, you I don't think, know. You think? Well, stick to your guns. But only because, you and this is what I said yesterday when I saw it. I thought it was a really good film. But there's something about it being best picture at the Oscars and I think that has done something. Like, I just didn't feel the impact like I thought I would. I went into it thinking it was more of a thriller and then I was a little bit disappointed by maybe the lack of stuff in there. That's just me though. Well, I think you've been incredibly hard. I think it's a brilliant story, cleverly told, cleverly presented. It's dark, funny, shocking. Uh, real like its message is real it carries weight anyway i think i think it's excellent okay 4.5 we'll go with that what's your score 4.5 down four now okay right um all right we're done on that one then yeah okay so i think it's time for the last two questions now so question five tough on this as well what was Fraser's job in Fraser? Nods in your head. Okay. And the last question Sam Mendes won the 1999 Best Director Oscar for what film? Which is another straightforward one if you've been paying attention. So, what was Fraser's job in Fraser? Sam Mendes won the 1999 Best Director Oscar for what film? Okay, so hang around uh, about five minutes, you'll get the answers to those six questions. Um, for now, then, what, uh, what's coming up this week? I don't have any DVDs this week. Um, so I'm just going to go straight to Netflix. First thing that's coming out is something called Unsolved Mysteries. And it's a revival of a TV show. I, I believe it's American. It's a true crime series. And that's starting on Wednesday, the 1st of July. This is volume one. I think I read there's going to be two series of this. And each episode focuses on a different crime that has never been solved and I like that sort of thing well, so no, they're not and so they'll remain unsolved well I don't know when this was filmed but I'm assuming it was recent so it's cases that haven't been so, solved so, so you're not re you're not watching it to find out what happened you're watching, watching it just to see the investigation and how far it's come no closure I'm not watching no that. I know some people won't like that but I like anything true crime so I'm all for it and the other thing I found was Motherland, which is actually a British sitcom that they aired the pilot in 2016 on BBC. And then I think they released the series in 2017. And series two, I think, went straight to BBC iPlayer in, in 2019. But it's based around the trials of middle class motherhood. And it just looked quite funny. It stars Anna Maxwell Martin, who we would know from the Bletchley Circle. And she was in um, the most recent, the, da the recent David Copperfield film, and Diane Morgan, who we know from Afterlife. She plays Kath, the the strange one in the office, and um, I just thought that looked quite funny. A little bit of fresh air, and something that's coming to Netflix. It's not new by any means, but if you haven't seen it or you're just looking to watch it again, um, they're finally putting The Green Mile on Netflix, starring Tom Hanks, which is. Just a great film if you haven't seen it, following um, men on death row, particularly one man who you know, shouldn't be there and you're kind of rooting for him to not, to not be there. 
Um, so there's some good examples of stuff coming up on Netflix. Not much this week though, a little bit, little bit slim on the ground. I don't know if you've seen anything on TV at all. Coming up. Yeah, just like adverts or anything. No, just more football. Great. Um, okay, right, that's, that's what's coming up next week. Uh, I think it's answers time. So here are the six questions. Are you ready? Yeah. What's the name of Shrek's wife? Fiona. Is the right answer. What's the name of Sherlock's brother in Sherlock? Right, I think it's Mycroft. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Okay, I thought I thought it was. Um, which from which film is the line "I see dead people"? Um, Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense, yes. And where was or is was Inspector Morse set? Is it Oxford? It is Oxford. Okay, I was torn. What was Fraser's job in Fraser? Radio host, broadcaster. No, I'm not giving that to you. Oh no, he's a he's a, a psychologist, but he does it on radio. So he's a radio psychiatrist. Oh, psychiatrist. Yes, okay. He's medically. Oh, uh, okay. He's a radio, I'm not giving you that one. Fine. Yeah, I forgot that part. And uh, finally, Sam Mendes won the 1999 Best Director Oscar for what film? American Beauty. Yes, you you had to know that one. Yeah, we talked about it two weeks ago. Right. Um, I think. Oh, uh, well, one good, one bad. Go on then, Jenny. One good from this week. My good from this week would just be the finale of Killing Eve because it tied up all the loose ends. I was satisfied. Done. Okay, and your one bad? Um, <laughs> we watched Twenty Four Hours in A&E. Yeah, we. I, I do. I do like a little bit of that, but um, I don't think there's any need to show me open fractures where bones sticking out of skin. Um, I don't need to see that. So that's my bad for the week. Have you got anything? I've got my one good is um, watching Parasite finally because okay. I've heard so much about it, I really enjoyed it. And um, a return to form for me, my one bad comes from the same thing um, watching Parasite but not being able to eat whilst watching it because you have to read the subtitles and you can't look at your plate and read the subtitles. So, Such really, a first world yeah, problem. So that's, that's my one bad. Fair enough. Right, I think we're done. Are we done? Yeah. Right, is it drinking hot. Yet? Probably. Right. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's five o'clock somewhere, it certainly is. Alright, thank you very much, people. Let's hear you back next week. Bye.